Ah, oh, welcome, travelers. Come and join us by the fire as we spin you yet another tale of the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. Well. Hype. In episode <laughs> zero, A New Beginning, we're going to start with the character reveal. And um, Branch has worked extremely hard over the last couple of months on these new character character arts and uh, I cannot wait to show them off. So where we are going to start is with uh, we're going to be starting with BK's character. I am trying to remember how to do oh, this. Yeah. We're going to start with you. So why don't you go ahead and uh, tell us about your character. Uh, my character is named Junior. Um, he is a very slight eight feet tall. He's young for how gigantic he is. He is a, a, a spry 28. Um, he has been tasked with... Uh, He's kind of got the wanderlust bug. He he kind of hates where he grew up and uh, where he's from and thinks there's so much more to the world around him. So it's a part of his kind of bolstering for his future. He picked up some trade skills and has learned to do some, some light crafting. He's basically maintained his armor his whole life, but he's uh, he's looking to strike it out and see what the big world has for him. He absolutely cannot stand staying in one place for too long. So once he was ready to get out of his hometown, it was it was time to go. But like all good millennials, he did it when he was twenty eight. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So, and he looks B like this. So BK will be playing Junior, the Goliath Artificer. Good luck, everybody else. <laughs> Everything is going to be ritual cast. There will be no live action combat where Junior's involved. It's going to be good time for everybody. Can I can I just say that hair on that on that illustration is absolutely incredible, uh, and just the illustration itself, just like it's the it's incredible. So well done, Branch. It's beautiful artwork. Oh, yeah. If you haven't worked with Branch on artwork, which I don't know if she's even remotely open for commissions, but flood her inbox. Uh, she just <laughs> asks you for basic questions that you wouldn't even think like could end up on a page and like perfectly just translates all of it. It's yeah. also just really fun to see these characters come to life. So, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Her DMs until she gives you something, but pay her. Yep. Uh, Breakingbranch.art on Instagram. Mm-hmm. All right, so that brings us to the next one. Mr. Dan Cav, tell us who you will be playing in Season 2. I will be playing Relic. He is a Warforged monk. His body was unearthed several hundred years ago in the grounds of a monastery when they were expanding. His body was found buried after several days, he gained consciousness and studied at the monastery. And he's kind of on a 
journey to find out more about the world in general. Um, Relic's awkward and has uh, very bad social cues. And hopefully he's going to get the boys in some trouble. One of us. One of us. <laughs> Good. All right. And he looks like that. And um, absolutely blown away by the artwork, especially the markings and the tattoos on him. Which, yeah. little bit of an Easter eggy thing, the color resides in those tattoos will, if you can imagine it, they kind of reflect his mood. Even though he's like awkward and strange, he very, very literally like wears his heart on his sleeve. Like, that's cool. If they're all blue, he's probably sad. It's a giant mood ring. Mm hmm. What's a giant mood ring? Relic, basically. Relic. Just him. All right. (laughs) His his eyes and the tattoos, they like change colors to reflect the, like, his His mood, mood, basically. All right. I like that. I love that. Sorry, I'm also just discovering that whenever I cover the Discord cameras, they disappear off the stream. So I did not see that when I was testing this. So I can't, the cameras have to be in the foreground or they freeze. So I apologize. Ah, There's been a little bit of a gray screen anytime I try to change character art there. All right. Last and certainly not least, our newest player character joining the team, uh, John. John, tell us who you're going to be playing in season two. Uh, of course. Oh, of course, I'd be happy to introduce myself. My name is, is. Feltis Aurelia, or <clears throat> sorry, Feltis Tazalia Saldrin, the 46th of my name. Uh, my family is actually distant descendants of the great emerald worm Tazalia the Eternal. So where the namesake comes from. But I am a clockwork soul sorcerer. Uh, Originally a, I'm an academic of sorts. I was originally a professor in the University of Amber Falls in Nuarda, or not Nuarda, I apologize, Sakal. Um, But I have since, uh, I had quite an accident uh, with my, originally I had been teaching wild magic and had an incident where I nearly lost my life, and ever since then, I have taken a sabbatical and am studying more of the lawful magics. So, I am playing uh, Feltis, the Emerald Dragonborn. Uh, Previously, kind of like I said, academic, uh, but previously a professor uh, of wild magic, and now has more recently taken up uh, the Clockwork Soul, which is a much more lawful, uh, like, kind of basically the complete polar opposite of, of wild magic. Everyone um, loves a good uh, pendulum swing. If you go mm-hmm. completely opposite mm-hmm. side, only good things can happen. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really, really excited to dive into the Clockwork Soul. Um, it's one of the newer archetypes of the Sorcerer, and it's um it's just like totally different than any sorcerer I've ever seen. It's a lot more in like the protection side and like the buff side. It's is very very different than like the normal um, sorcerer archetype. So uh, yeah, looking forward to play, to that. Also, uh, Feltis is uh, eighty six years old, uh, which is basically the same as being eighty six years old in human years. Uh, so he's an older gentleman. So that'll <laughs> be fun to RP as well. 
first thing Junior is going to make is going to be a wheelchair, I'm assuming. <laughs> or a walker, at least. <laughs> or a, walker. Uh, a walker with, like, the tennis balls the on the bottom? Balls, yeah. Well, they don't have tennis, so some some other sport. Spike balls. There you go. I don't feel like that's going to be the weapon. smoothest. <laughs> Just rolling around. <laughs> yeah. He's tilling the earth beneath him as he pushes his walker along. Yeah, right. He just runs over anybody that we knock prone. It's, it's part of our battle Perfect. strategy. He yeah, just, yeah. He just scrapes. It's going to take him nine rounds, but he'll eventually land on that guy. Hey, you know what? It's all about accessibility. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Uh, I also forgot to open the giveaway in the excitement of getting things started. <laughs> so exclamation mark raffle to enter yourself a chance to win a Dungeons Box Pocket uh, you do have to be fo at least following the channel to have a chance at winning. So if you're you're new here and this is your first time checking us out, I appreciate that. But do know you do have to be following and then exclamation mark raffle. So. Anyhow, um, great. All three wonderful player characters. Again, kudos to the art. Absolutely phenomenal. These guys have worked hard to come up with something fresh to for you guys and for me to take a shot at trying to be a dm here and i'm looking forward to it cannot be more ecstatic i have one question for john i know that you mentioned your more buffs more shields um will we still see any i cast fireballs out of theltis though uh, i would also like to I know <laughs> Feltis, uh, Feltis is definitely someone who uh, is going to be, um, you know, they are they are a self preservationalist. Uh, so I think in this in the right situation, uh, they will if if the situation calls for it and they in a fireball is is required, uh, I'm sure that they are uh, you know able to do that. Great. Well, I will go ahead and let you know when the situation doesn't call for a fireball, so you know not to. <laughs> but otherwise, I think it's at least a staple that is worth trying. We should now set ground rules. If a door can't open, definitely fireball. Fireball. Fireball, for sure. Um, yeah. If there are people in a room and you don't recognize the voices, fireball. 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 Um, any 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 tavern pretty much just immediately fireball mm -hmm. uh especially when you go into a brand new town and are looking for a place to stay fireball for sure Smart. absolutely uh if a bush rustles mm -hmm. yeah fireball. absolutely fireball. i think those are all great ground rules okay and definitely what was followed in the last campaign so i'm glad mm -hmm. we have some consistency there yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> absolutely i'm from a crazy 86 year old dragon board <laughs> blowing up town after town um i am gonna kind of open it up to the chat if you guys have any questions for characters lore questions background questions silly serious and everything in between what what questions do you guys have for for our characters only serious questions for me please only serious questions <laughs> i think you'd have the most difficult time with those that's true. Yeah. Well, a Goliath cannot run nearly as fast as Glenn, so he can't literally run from his problems uh, the way Glenn did. So. Uh, Dan, I'll let you take yours first, and then I'll do mine. <laughs> Question. 
Oh. Uh, Silva, Silva asks, what color does Relic turn when horny? Um, I think it. Uh, he goes like full like RGB like PC keyboard. It's just rolling colors from like his toes to his head. <laughs> Great. Also, I'm. No one. I don't know, follow up. I don't know what makes a Warforged horny, but if you guys stick around for a couple episodes, we about to find out. Yeah, okay, you we'll look forward find to out. finding out. Yeah. <laughs> if if <laughs> anything say. you can expect in this okay. campaign, it's body side, making side Rangram, quest or Rangram, side Rangram. quest no. activated. <laughs> Note made: Make relic horny. You walk Perfect. into a junkyard and you're surrounded right by pieces bag. of machinery on all sides. <laughs> oh god, you guys remember it's a one, it's an old robot chicken bit where it's a like it's a robot and he's just humping the side of a oh, washing yeah. machine. Yes. It would just cut to it every once in a while. That's all I can see in my mm-hmm. head right now. Just bolts everywhere. Oh god. <laughs> oh. Uh, you know relic, man. Dead be dead, he just nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. <laughs> First, first pun of the campaign. Let's at, go. At, at that point, not even Natasha's hideous laughter. I, I, I feel like that we haven't even <laughs> started, and it, it feels worth an inspiration. But I love that. Uh, so, John, did Theltus's accident cause that thing with his horn? Yes. Yeah, so, Theltus's incident with the wild magic uh, basically all like blew up half of his face and almost killed him, and blew up his, blew his horn off. Um, and I think that. I'm. I'll leave it a little. Like I, I think that I'll leave it a little bit vague for the uh, for the DM to be able to have a little fun with. But um, I don't think Theltus knows exactly why his horn shards are like still floating like that. I think he just assumes it has something to do with the chaotic na- uh, nature of like wild magic. Mm. But but yeah, he definitely almost died from that, and uh, it has changed his view on magic and its dangers uh, ever since then. And he has stopped completely stopped teaching wild magic or practicing it since. And he did that at like a late age, like I think probably around like it's been probably a year, like a, a little bit since he stopped practicing it and switched completely over to Clockwork Soul. Um, but yeah, definitely, yeah, uh, definitely had an effect. Good. All right. Where you see like any accidental wild magic casts, you can try to like throw something out there and be like, oh crap, I'm not allowed to do that. Maybe. Uh, we'll we'll see, see. Some random random dice rolls on John's desk. Everybody, look out. Uh, question for Junior. So, what are what are some of Junior's favorite things to craft? Ooh, I like that. Um, Junior is very uh, see a need, fill a need. So, where he's from, there's a lot of let's uh, call it wealth disparity. Um, and so, Junior likes to build anything from like. You know, a stroller that's got a bad wheel, fix that to uh, someone needs some supports built for their home. Um, the beauty wow. of him being eight feet tall is that he's kind of his own walking construction crew. Nice. Um, but his favorite things to like build for himself or like his, you know, pride projects all all live in the space about the size of like one of our hands. So especially with his giant clunky meaty hands. It's it can be a little bit difficult, but he he really enjoys like extremely intricate projects, hmm. fidget spinner. Hmm. Uh, but picture like you know fireballs being cast out from every side of it. Gotcha. 
Did we? He is twenty-eight, so he doesn't really have like the maturity to understand what's actually valuable. Sure. What is the, what is the out. life the lifespan of a Goliath? Is that he's twenty-eight considered young? Is it? Uh, it's it's almost the same as humans. So twenty-eight is basically twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Perfect. Yeah. Like I said, full blown full blown millennial in this one. He's uh, finally confident that he won't die if he's not with his parents, and uh, haphazardly decided to strike it out in the world. Great. No real plan as to how to do that. Who are does do we know who his parents are? Um yes, the people on this stream do. <laughs> yes, we do. Alright. Good. Did we talk about our alignments? Did I miss that? Oh, that's great. That's a good question. Uh, no, we did not. Okay. All right. So then whoever, I mean, I suppose BK was talking. So if you want, or John, tell us where you're at uh, alignment-wise. Go, go for it, BK. I'll go quick. Um, Junior is kind of in that bright-eyed, bushy tail phase of his life. So everything seems good. He's he's striking out from a place where he thought he was... Uh, you know, kind of reined in, very suburbs feeling. So he's he's excited to see what the world's gotten for him. So he definitely has like a a good perspective to the world, and really kind of believes in that golden rule of don't don't think it's be too bad. So he's definitely on the good side. Mm. Um, when it comes to lawful, neutral, or chaotic, he's basically lived in the suburbs. So I think the world is going to shape that identifier right now he's pretty neutral the mm. worst challenge he's ever run into is like getting bored on a sunday like nothing really is <laughs> he's never really wanted for much so he's he's Sorry. kind of putting himself in a situation yeah. of uh more difficult environments to see kind of you know who he is good love it uh relic uh, Relic probably f is teetering the line from, like, chaotic good to chaotic neutral. He definitely would lean good as he wants to do good, but he, similar to Junior, he's extremely naive as he spent the first 300 years of his life after he was unearthed in, like, a monastery-type setting, so it was very sheltered and he doesn't know much of the world and could be easily like persuaded to like commit a crime if someone told him it was a good thing. Okay. You know, he th those kind of things. So like he thinks he's doing good, but not having much knowledge of the outside world, his actions would probably appear pretty chaotic, neutral. Got it. My last character would love to talk to your current character. Oh, he, yeah, Glenn would have Relic up to no good. In Absolute short order. Is. Yeah, that. I, I sense. Run it back. I, I sense <laughs> a few Cosmo vibes there as far as. I mean, Cosmo was far more lawful than chaotic, but could be easily swayed. He was young and naive. So. Impressionable. Impressionable, as many of you saw through 132 episodes. I mean, the character oh. arc of Cosmo went from not hitting kids to hitting kids. Like, it's pretty dramatic change. I'll never... Cosmo that was pretty wild, live, honestly. Cosmo will never live that one down. Um, right, so, <laughs> Theltus, why don't you tell us a little bit about your alignment? 
I'll, I would happily, I'll, I'll happily uh, take the pressure off you. Um, the Theltis uh, uh, is, um, I think, very, very neutral, like just neutral good. Like, I think that that's like right where he's at. He's seen a lot of the world um, and for the most of it has like, honestly, has kind of like lived, went through his like tumultuous years, like had that whole thing. But like, he comes from a noble family. So like even his tumultuous years were like, I don't know. It's the kind of chicanery like that dudes in boat shoes get up to. Like it's not ter- <laughs> it's not like that that wild. Like he definitely came from like kind of a like a more protected upbringing, um, and then like went you know was an academic for most of his life. So like was in schools and was learning and like learning was his whole thing. Um, and now that he's older, uh, he's like he's kind of just like in that straight like neutral good category. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think that's I think that's kind of worth Elthasize. Good. I love, I love that we're all of our characters are about to get like the realest dose of reality because we're all like we've all we've all had some contained and what's also yeah. crazy is that none of us have even talked about backstories before no. this like I'm learning all this right now we all are coming into this like <laughs> what wrong to be in the world we're just gonna get our asses kicked. <laughs> it happened with I the last tenure. campaign. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, like, we, this happened with the last campaign, too. I remember, like, when we were mm-hmm. talking about all the characters, I was like, wait, like, you have a you have something to do with the. You don't know where your powers come from. You don't know where your powers come from. You also have powers from something. And then it was like, oh, wait, you're all long-lived races, too? Like, it was it was just like there's a lot of similarities between all the characters. But anyway, I, I, I love this. I, this is going to make this really interesting. Yeah, and also all three in a you got two neutral goods and a chaotic good chaotic neutral so that i mean the the neutral good already outnumbers the the chaos so that'll be that'll be an interesting yes yeah i i would say that like veltus too depending on like how things go could just go true neutral i think that that good could disappear if things if things go south for for Theltis, mm-hmm. um, I think he could go into a, in a true neutral character pretty... Uh, I could see that happening. I look forward to getting to be the Cosmo and trying to steer uh, potentially ill-moral individuals in the right path. Uh, Junior is unwavering in his goodness. It's just how he uh, brings about his goodness is kind of going to be decided about by the world around him. Chaotic Good was very much... Uh, Glenn style and uh, having a Goliath to go down that route also sounds kind of fun. So yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. No one was really scared looking at Glenn. Um, yeah. Junior's a little different. Also, you considered Glenn chaotic good? I didn't want to be the, gun, the one to say it. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, maybe he probably the teetered the other two. That's, that's what I was going to say. Maybe, maybe Cosmo had a, a, a certain amount of influence on him there. But uh, he was, he, I played it at the end. He was chaotic Cosmo. That's so fair. like that's whatever fair. Cosmo was kind of leading us to is realistically where Glenn was headed. But for the most part, he wasn't going to do it the, the Cosmo way. It was just like, oh, we shouldn't steal from all of them. Okay, got Mm-mm, it. No, no. We shan't. We shouldn't make a deal that makes us like just take over everything in the world all at once. Got it. Nope. Yep. Definitely don't want to do that. Uh, anybody else have any character questions, or do you guys have any questions for each uh, each other? Uh, 
I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so Tom's glasses, are they like a precursor to like 3D glasses? You mean juniors? Yeah, yeah. juniors. He uh, uses them because like the welding control that he needs to use around him uh, can come off as different levels. All his artificing, all the magic can come off a different color. So a lot of the time he has to just purely balance out that light. But um, there could definitely be a, an arc in his world where he uses some artificing to make up, you know, something like a pop-up book, if you will. Um, something along those lines. Glasses are needed. Good. Um, what uh, what kind of monk is Relic? Did you say that already? Um, I didn't. Um, if it's secret, you don't have I to. Went I was curious. I went back and forth on whether I wanted to change it to do more than just have him punch and kick. But at the end of the day, I just landed on way of the open hand. Cool. So just punching and kicking. He's just a big uh, metal boy that's just going to throw elbows in people's face. Is open hand the healing one, or is do we have no deep like damage dealing in this squad? Because Felt is a pacifist. Is that is open hand the healing monk? Oh no, way of the open hand is like just the straight up monk one. It's like oh, stunning strike. Okay. Yeah, okay. the capstone oh. ability is like stopping creatures' hearts if you get there. Like you can just straight up kill something like the five point, the five point yeah. heart technique. Yeah. Oh, Love that's it. amazing. I was like, hold on. If nobody knows how to kill anybody, our group is screwed. <laughs> yeah, no, also... Relic is just straight punchy boy. Perfect. Love it. I mean, yeah, that's if if you, if no one has been able to tell yet, the balance of this of this group is wildly different than the mm -hmm. last one. Yeah. Uh, with an, an artificer, a monk, and a sorcerer. Uh, sorcerer in particular that isn't high DPS. <laughs> it, it's it's more buffs and protections. We yeah. we went from like having DPS machines to we're all going to be like the Spider-Man character pointing at each other, just like buffing each other, like in a you, perfect like triangle. You, you, no one you wants get to a hurt. bless. You get a bless. No, you get a bless. What, one um one thing that like uh, the the early level Clockwork Soul, I think it's the first thing I get access to. Um, is I can negate chaos. So like if you uh, if you have disadvantage on a roll, or if Bobby one of Bobby's characters has advantage, I can turn it into I can no like negate that and make it a flat roll. Love which is super fun. that. Love that. So that's I can basically that's like a, an early ability. Oh yeah, and I think I have multiple per. Um, it's, I, I spend sorcery levels or my character levels or something like that to do it, but it's it's early on and I get multiple per day. That is amazing. So, that's why That's that anti-chaos magic coming into play there. Uh, so Jukor asked, I don't know if we answered, did, is there really any healing, any off-healing, any half-caster healing that'll be... I have I have healing word, I think. Alright. <laughs> uh, <laughs> could. <laughs> Will I? You need to make a machine, a healing machine that goes around and just injects us with adrenaline at all times. Yeah, I'm gonna make a, a machine that is just like adrenaline to the chest when you go down. Just go Constant full Uma Thurman on us. Yep. Really hoping that Junior is gonna show up with those tinkering abilities to fix Relic's broken body. 
Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if anything, like, Thelts had a good long life. He doesn't need all of his limbs. He didn't have mechanical oh, no. ones. We're gonna end up like the the three brothers by the end of this from the uh, Ebon Depths. Yeah, you should be a brain and a body walking around. Oh, I can't wait. I'll be Doc. That went well. You sure will. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. All right. I as a DM, that's a big. I legitimately wrote that down. Little group healing. So. We're spending all that money spell. on on our uh, on our healing potions. Basically, mm -hmm. we're actually going to use healing potions. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just crafting. Yeah, I don't even know how to look up healing spells. I think they're just fake. They died. I don't have characters. a spells tab on my character sheet Ooh. on D and Beyond, Ooh. which is bizarre to me uh -huh. because I spent so much time just reading the obnoxious amount of spells that I had access to constantly. Mm -hmm. You just end up I think at the end like of our campaign it was like 75 spells that I had and I could prepare like 46 of them or something. Monks are <laughs> now, like unlimited bonus action per key point spend, right? Uh, sort of. Yeah, I got all the key point stuff. Patient defense. You can heal with um, key points, I believe, but maybe not your class of. No, and not monk. yet. You, you. I do eventually get the ability to like regain more hit points. On um, like I can use an ability to heal myself once per long rest. I see. And that Damn, increases as I. Now, why would we do that? That takes <laughs> the fun out of it. Uh, Optimized party. That's for people that know how to play this. Between the three of us, um, first one to die has to make a, a healing character. Want to? You want to take that that wager? Absolutely. You got to come back as a healer. Yep. Looking at you, squishy elderly <laughs> yeah, exactly. wizard. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, just to emphasize, like the kind of magic that the Clockwork Soul gives you inherently. Um, I get things like aid, alarm, uh, protection from good and evil, and I, uh, Cosmo never used like, that. Yeah. So anyway, I, I I have those. Those are the kind of things that Clockwork Soul gives me inherently. So it's um, it's a different. It's not. It's all not all fireballs and in Tasha's hideous laughter up in here. <laughs> I'm gonna make some time, like some crazy purses. That's that's my plan. Okay. That's how we'll but, afford all those healing potions we will desperately need. Oh, see, again, Glenn needs to meet my new character, so Glenn can just launch basically Sakali and Gucci. Oh my god. It's... Oh god, can you make it out of Dos Dogs? Anyway, it... it would be leather, kind of. I've got one, one more question, and then we'll move on to the next piece. What what about your character are you the most excited about playing? Or what about your character makes you the most excited? It could be an attribute, it could be a mechanic, it could be an RP skill. Um I haven't said what type of artificer uh 
Junior okay. is, and I don't plan on saying it until okay needed. Um, but the the type that he is is going to be very fun to uh, play. Very different than my last my last uh, character, and also getting to play someone young and naive to the world, which probably I feel like uh, Dan's character Relic and <laughs> Junior are gonna either get along or butt heads in the weirdest ways, but uh, I think there's a lot of fun in the opportunity just to not know what's going on. Not having a character you can just like roll history because they've been mm -hmm. alive forever uh, yeah. is, is going to be cool. I, I guess a caveat to that question is... I just lost it. Have you ever played this class before then? Have you have, I have ever played anything besides Chaotic? Just because well, it immediately gives like full agency i think playing something with a little more restrictions can be interesting no in, in have you ever played a an artificer or absolutely not well kinda i mean glenn was collecting shit left and right and just feeding it to an artificer so uh <laughs> there you go in, in a sense, um i was saying earlier tears of the kingdom came out at the best possible time for <laughs> me to be playing an artificer <laughs> There's a lot of there's a lot of uh, Zelda builds coming your your way, Bobby. So be ready for that. Okay. Also, I didn't redeem that. Um, I realized I was logged in as the wrong channel. Nice. Okay, I was like, that's Sorry, no, that was me. Uh, I'm logging into the other one now. No, you're fine. It just spooked me. I'm. I... <laughs> In the back of my brain is still trying to solve some of these stream weirdo things. So maybe that's it. But gotcha. Okay. Uh, so, Relic, have you, one, have you ever played a monk before? What's your, what are you looking forward to that's different about Relic if you have? And same question, I suppose. Um, so, yes, I played a monk very briefly. Relic was one of the first, anyone who's a forever DM for their home group can you know identify with this that you just make characters at some point that you will never get to play mm. because you think they're fun <laughs> and cool just one day you're just brewing up characters and relic was one i came up with very early on and i played in a one shot that a friend of mine had ran with him at one point like i even have a warforged mini that i made at one point that relic. to use for Relic, but <clears throat> I played him very, very briefly, but I've had the character concept for a long time because I just liked it. Cool. But I'm very much looking forward to whatever the heck it is you do with the extremely open backstory that I gave you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to and give I... some, some evidence to that, I told our dear Dungeon Master how... Relic was unearthed just at a monastery and he has visions of his life beforehand and they're mostly of bloodshed and war and he believes at some point he was like a mechanization of war, like a mindless automaton in some battalion or something. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to not be that, but I'm going to be excited to see how the DM tries to hurt my feelings with that information. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I have some really fun things in store for all of your characters already. So, okay, over to Theltis. 
Have you ever played a sorcerer? Um, what are you looking forward to playing about this? So yes, I have played a sorcerer, and uh, I, I played a wild magic sorcerer. So the the uh, so actually, uh, funnily enough, the sorcerer I played was in our last campaign. It was Nook the Goblin, the one who uh, the Guy Fieri Goblin who burned down the oh yeah <laughs> the, the tavern, the one who cast oh, the fireball. Yeah, so. Yes. So Nook was my uh, was my sorcerer. He was obsessed with uh, fire magic and was a wild magic sorcerer. So I, I purposefully wanted to play something that was directly opposite of that because I think that that's where I think it's like this weird juxtaposition of where I was at like in my twenties when I created Nook and now where I'm at now. I'm not an eighty six year old dragonborn, but I drink a lot more tea than I did back then. Um, and so <laughs> I, I think that um, so, I, so yeah, um, I haven't played a clockwork soul sorcerer by any means and i also have not played more of a uh a support character i've i mostly play dps and and stuff like that so um like high dps is usually my whole my whole jam i play a lot of rogues and a lot and sorcerers uh that are high dps but mm-hmm. um so yeah and then what i'm excited about honestly is uh like dan you were saying like you know, you're. I've I've been a forever DM for a very long time. Uh, you know, the last three years, and then before that, even I was DM for a long time. Um, and I've played in a couple of games. Uh, Dan's Christmas uh, episode, which I'm going to be publishing on the podcast feed on Thursday. Uh, also, totally was like normal the, Christmas episode. Totally normal cr- Christmas episode. Um, but uh, <laughs> that um, like that was standing like i hadn't played a character really in like five years um and what i'm really looking forward to the most is just deep diving into like i've created like tons of characters for our last campaign like tons of npcs but they're like they're generally for the most part like they're kind of like there's a level of depth to them that you don't get past other than like maybe Bryn or some of the other main ones i'm really looking forward to like deep diving into who feltus is and getting to like really get to the depths of this character that's is something i've never had the opportunity to do um, even in my other games, like they just weren't that kind of game. They were much more murder hobo-y and like the DM wasn't really like an RP DM. Um, and so I'm, I'm really looking forward to like telling like Beltus's story in more of a long form medium uh, mm-hmm. and like really figuring out who this is. Like it's like truly like a, a kind of storytelling that I have not had the opportunity to do. And I'm really, really looking forward to uh, doing it. Love that. Love that. So I, one last question, I suppose, coming from Branch. Do the characters know each other already? I don't think we've established that. I think generally that answer is no. Right? I, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't think I have any backstory reasons why I would know them. That I that is pre that is written. Like maybe this is something that like can come out later. Uh, but I don't think that Feltus would have any reason to know them Mm-mm. I, d- I didn't think so i could i couldn't think of anything but uh okay good question the last comment just that i was gonna say it was funny that you commented on how long you have been somewhat of a forever dm and i was trying to figure out i may have done the math wrong but i'm almost certain it's been like six or seven years since i have dm'd a campaign I, I DM'd my first one shot in about that long this past uh, fall. I got to take some friends through... I took them through the Whitport murder mystery. That, that was my first time 
DMing a one shot in like six or seven years. I was trying to figure it out. It was when we were playing at my house. That's how long it's how long it's been. So I might be I might be a little rusty at the start as far as some of the flow and things like that, but I, I have some really, really fun action-packed story that uh, is is going to be great. So, okay. We're going to transition over to the continent of Aramil. And uh, we'll, of course, open it back up for, for questions for characters. So if you think of any, put it in the chat and we'll get to it in a little bit. Also, exclamation mark raffle. Enter yourself a chance to win that Dungeons Box Pocket, which I'll probably do... Do we want to take... We could take like a five. Do we feel like we need it? It's eight o'clock, but we're kind of cruising. No. All right. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, we can We can just kind of... I mean, I think it's going to become more your show anyway for like talking about the continent. So I think that we can take breaks if we need to, unless you need it. I think I'm okay. <laughs> Feels all right. I probably don't need it anyways. All right. Well then, before I reveal what Aramil looks like, I have a little bit of a piece before we jump into that. <clears throat> it's been nearly 25 years since the conclusion of season one. Sakal entered a new age of peace. Throughout it, we saw the dwarven pilgrimages from Goldengrim and beyond seek out the Dusk and Dawn Forge again. The Emperor is still alive, but Goldbreak pretty much runs itself at this point. The Revivifists have settled into an or organization bringing about inclusion and honoring the whole pantheon. Although they still don't take any crap from any of the haters or anti- old godders. Tin Town stayed a small mining town run by a dwarf who happened to save the world, Cosmo Stoneheart. Uh, he's still occasionally visited by his celestial friends, Glenn and Rangrim. They bring him many a god-tier items, but he generally asks Melvin to keep them safe in the Dawn Forge. He has really no use for many items like this, unless they can mine. But Sakal isn't without its tribulations either. There was a small there was a smallpox outbreak in Westreach, and Zephyr underwent a thousand-year drought, causing mass anarchy. There was a total government overthrow and the entire civilization has been rebuilding itself. But there have also been slight whispers in the dark places and back alleys. Whispers of frequent disappearances or estranged deaths. Individuals from across the plain have been going missing for 25 years. And so with that, I give you Aramil.
Aramil is a island that is, I suppose we will say, is down southward in between Sakal and Nuwarda. So if you try to, you none of the viewers, I suppose maybe it's just John and BK and I, that know what Nuwarda looks like. But if you have Nuwarda on the left and Sakal on the right, I'm doing this backwards. Aramil is down on the in the bottom. So kind of to this below Crescent Isle or what was it? That's Sea of Thieves. A Crystal Crescent. Cr- Crystal Isle. Crescent. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Thank you. Uh Yes, so that's generally where it will be. <clears throat> so what do we know about the land of Aramil? You'll notice on the map, we have I have instituted a kind of a fog of war sort of shadowing. There's very little known about this land. Aramil is a land shrouded in mystery and wonder. For centuries, many scholars believed it to be fictitious, while others claimed to have seen and touched its sands. Most accounts are dismissed as folk tales or senile treasure hunters half dead from a lack of food and water, risking it all to see what secrets it holds. Many have devoted their lives to find it, and others have paid the ultimate price seeking its hidden riches, never to be seen again. There are but a few mentions of it in history books, a couple dating back over 10,000 years old. Some never mentioning its name, or others giving it different names, but all speaking of the power, the wealth, and the curses that lurk in its dark spaces. So there are two plot points that our characters no, and I and I will say that specifically to Theltis, Theltis does has heard of this idea of a land. He has heard many of the tales, or maybe read some of the books that have spoken of this land, because it's believed to be. Filled with draconic magic. Many, no one knows where or when. But at some point in the last 25 years, people started beginning to disappear. And we don't know where they're being taken or what they're being held for. But there are two spots that we know. One, is on the bottom right. It's number 14, if you can't see that, is going to be Elder Fang Stronghold. Uh, The second being, or even I can't see it, but it's fine. I think I've got it backwards. And then the mount there, the peak, is going to be known as Mount Soulfire. And then as, as the story progresses, we'll open up that fog of war and more plot points will arise and 
we'll give things names. But I really, really wanted to kind of hold that mystery over that land because none of our characters know where they're at. They don't know where what's safe. And so he, that is, that's that. That is the current status of what you all know about Aramil. So what questions do you have? So many. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, infinite. Um, also, yes, I definitely put those. Uh, I, when I create the graphic, I'll, I'll swap the graphic before we stream next um, with 12 and 14 there. But no, I, like think I, they're, I, I think they're right. Oh, they are. No, they're wrong. They're backwards. Okay. Flipped. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they <laughs> are all good. Whatever. I should have taken, I should have, I should have really thought critically and realized that maybe the, the mountain is <laughs> soul fire. Uh, but uh, you know what? It's all good. Next Everyone time. makes I, a mistake. I didn't. Absolutely. You know. I, anyhow, I I want to applaud. By the way, the the idea of the fog of war I think is ingenious. Um, I know that that was I think they think something originally that came from BK, uh, but uh, just like a killer idea because like it, I this is like the most like my video game brain is just like gotta uncover the whole map. Yeah. <laughs> gotta go. Yep. I need to get I need to get to the towers. I need to uh, I need to scan yep. the ground. I need to do all the things. Need to get need to uncover all this map now. So uh, we're going to be playing Far Cry up in here and uh, just just doing everything <laughs> we possibly that we we possibly can to uh, uncover this map because uh, it's uh, so much cooler than than seeing the entire thing. Yeah, love it. I'm absolutely terrified of what Aramel contains and holds and what we will uncover. I don't, I don't want to ask too much because the fog of war is obviously intentional, so I'm not going to dive too much into well, I mean, you... what's happening in the middle because I want to know about it. But uh... Well, I tell you what, if you feel that it is worth asking, I, I will try and give you something. Read his, read his reaction, just like stare into his eyes. I, the amount of mountains is interesting. Uh, in itself. I want to know what's going on with that big pink circle mountain thing mm -hmm. in the bottom, like just due west of Mount yep. Soulfire. Um, mm -hmm. But I'm like, I, I almost don't want to ask because I want to, I want to learn about it in character. Sounds more uh, interesting. Uh, but it's like a city mountain layout or some crazy shit. So I'm very excited to see what's there. That's going to be the beeline the metagame beeline is like, go left. Walk <laughs> out the door, go left. <laughs> well, if you know anything about this map, you know that going left is, for the most part, the only way to go. That's also a good point. Unless you have a boat somewhere and you can make one or... If only First we had an artificer. First ever motorboat, let's go. <laughs> uh, that's not true. There was one the last campaign, so... Oh, shit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Technology has improved. Now it fits in your pocket. It's I was going to say, your it's iPhone. 25 years later. Plus, we uncovered the Zoni since then, so any, the world's our oyster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That would absolutely be a Glenn move, just dropping off just little nuggets from, like, the god world. Where Gross. I was like, oh, let's see what happens. See what happens if you give them just, like, nuclear energy. 
Could go wrong. Maybe that's why there was an overthrowing of the government. Has any... Question-wise on, I guess, the background, has any government taken the place, or is it, like, uh, anarchy in Sakal now? Like I there think was an overthrowing of the government, but did anyone step in? Zephyr. In Zephyr. Zephyr. Excuse me. Yeah, Excuse me. I I think kind of where I have it in my head, I obviously didn't do enough research to to determine the names of the houses, but I recall there being three, I think. So I correct. Yeah, I, someone was taking over. I, I I recall I would feel that they kind of just cling to their own. After the story of, I don't, I don't know who. After the story got got out that they were essentially following somebody <laughs> that had betrayed them, and they were. I mean, I suppose that there were a ton of Zephyrians that were essentially just left hanging out in Sakal after coming through this portal and breaking out war and Winterhaven, and many were probably taken prisoner. But word got back, and they didn't agree. They didn't trust anybody but their own because they were all greatly deceived. They just went, like, heavy isolation. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I can see, too, that, like, it would have caused, like, a really, like, almost, like, forced integration of, like, a ton of Zephyrians, like, into Sakal, like, a lot more. Because, like, I know that Glenn was, like, uncommon in Sakal. Um, but like, it mm -hmm. seems like there was probably like the fact that the portal kind of closed behind them, <laughs> like just from a, a, a standpoint of getting home, there probably was a lot of them that ended up staying, like whether yeah. it was their choice or not. So mm -hmm. and there's probably a lot more Zephyrians in Sakal now. And like part of that, especially after 25 years. Yeah. There's now like a, there was a Hogan's hero moment of them all realizing that they were in fact the bad guys the whole time. <laughs> so are we, are we the bad guys? And then all of a sudden the portal closes like, fuck, I think we might be the bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what kind of races are prominent on Aramil? Most of that is still a secret. And by secret, I mean I haven't totally decided all of them. One <laughs> 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 of the benefits sure, of the Fog sure. of War. There, right there. For sure. That was the other half of the Fog of War, too, was this. I was... Don't tell him. I know, right? Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, I was having a hard time like naming all of these spots, and but I will tell you, this is like a dating simulator where you unlock the different races as we unlock the map. It's just like you can now interact with blah blah blahs. Yeah. Hi, so... I'm just a single dragonborn. <laughs> <laughs> Ob obviously, being a draconic filled, draconic magic space you can anticipate dragonborns obviously however you can also expect a lot of races that we haven't seen yet a, a lot of races that are gonna feel foreign to this this plane so far something that maybe we haven't had and and some of that is just as a to expand the diversity of our world but a lot of it is just because of the nature of the the magic of this space hmm. i love it so yeah i there i as much as i would love to to spill any and and maybe even just 
snippets, but I I, I hesitate. So, all beans. of the beans. All of the beans. Give us the beans. <laughs> so it's all lizard folks. Sajikor is correct. It's yeah. It's all. Yeah, we're it's really going to increase the diversity. It's one specific group. It <laughs> is full of dragonborns, man. We're yeah. just get get, get used to interact. I mean, there are going to be all colors, right? There are so many colors of dragonborn too. That's true. Um, Diversity. Actually, lizard lizard folk and and dragonborns are not the same. So I just don't want to be confused between the two. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah, leave it to leave it to yeah, leave it to Feltus to really want to specify the differences. The oh, green you're a cobalt. Cobalt. How mm. dare you? How dare you, sir? Ooh, call Feltus a cobalt. Got it. <laughs> write that down. Write that down. <laughs> I was gonna say they're even lesser than than dragonborns, honestly. Mm. Um, I'm so pumped. I want to fight so, something right now. <laughs> I, yeah, I honestly I like. Something. I don't know if this is a question, but like, it seems like based on the scale, uh, it, it seems like the, the the map itself is like, it's it's smaller in scale by like a like a pretty large margin than like Sakal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a lot more like achievable when it comes to like places we can go. Like the distance between them, like have you is that something that you've kind of like figured out like how how like what like in inches or whatever? Because like I think like eventually on uh, we used. We used like Whitport as like our a unit of measurement that that was like a day's travel or whatever. Right. <laughs> so, like, that I just use that unit of measurement for everything else on the map, which is I'm sure wildly unrealistic. But yeah. hey, um, but like I, I'm curious to see how this like the traversal and everything like that in this map goes because like I love the scale of this one because like I felt like Sakal was it was a lot it was like there was whole sections and swaths of that map that we never even touched and like Mm -hmm. this one like things seem achievable it's like i want to go to that orange part like we can go to the orange part (laughs) it's not going to be like yeah that's going to take a month (laughs) to get there yeah it was before it it is going to be much smaller in scale it'll land somewhere between you know a half to a quarter half to a quarter about of as much time Right. If if Sakal to Whitport was a day's travel, you can expect it to be anywhere from a half to a quarter day's travel. I I really did try to condense it a little bit. Okay. I know I know that travel is every campaign's favorite thing to do. And travel and shopping. Historically, travel and shopping just ten out of ten. The best con contage to to create. So, but but yeah, so that's kind of where it's at for me. I I knew I knew that the nature of the what I will say is is that the nature of the terrain you can expect to be uncivilized. You're you're not just gonna be rude as hell. Yep, yep. There, it all of the trees are gonna. yell they're they're pretty much just gonna call you a, a kobold every time you walk by a tree <laughs> oh no they're gonna just yell those trees insult. from the wizard of oz they just insult us and throw apples at us pretty much so well uh Rowan's yeah, gonna that try might to be, be my first, first fireball then. so angry he just starts a forest fire yeah uh, we'll have you, make a flamethrower yeah you you can really anticipate the wildlife and the 
of everything to just the terrain to be much more challenging and must much more unexplored. Okay, so maybe Junior does need to make a chainsaw. Be be hacking through some forest. That, that doesn't that doesn't mean a, that just because I it doesn't mean that because the travel distance is a half to a quarter as small that I just make it up by making it all difficult terrain and it just takes you <laughs> twice as long to go half the distance. So, what is Man, Junior gonna make? Sucks. We're just <laughs> swamps uh, everywhere. Just start what? cutting trees down. A, a, a chainsaw. A what? A motherfucking chainsaw. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. I I, I also motherfucking chainsaw. Is this yeah. is this a movie I haven't seen? Uh we're gonna go with yes. <laughs> Good. Um, All right. one one thing that I'm I'm curious uh, to <laughs> approach is traversal with an 86 year old mm-hmm. uh, elderly dragonborn. That is going to be something because I don't think he's not going to be able to walk. His stamina is going to be lower. He's not going to be able to walk as long. Um, and uh, that's going to be like he's definitely going to get tired before uh, the 20, 20 year old and the uh, the robot who has mm-hmm. infinite stamina. So uh, that's going to be something. Well, Alex uh, old. He's at least 400 years old. <laughs> but. He doesn't get tired. It, it Junior's it. Junior's gonna carry Theltus like Luke's carried carried Yoda. <laughs> I once oh, had a character I love that, that carried John so Theron. Much. Not, you did. That was actually Pops. Realm. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. The right. last time John played a passive caster, he was ripped in half by zombie alligators. So yeah, I'm not sure it's a good thing. Now, John's ever listen, survived one of these characters. Let's put it that way. Listen. That was a wizard. We're going to get a healer soon is all I'm saying, Dan. (laughs) It was a wizard. And in my defense, I had chosen to make him completely a pacifist. So he didn't take any damage spells. And that really put him at a disadvantage. So I think that... Uh, Some zombie crocs? (laughs) What about that was mean? Yeah. At like level three. (laughs) We were level three or something like that. So... Oof. Yeah, it was just it was a death sentence for sure. I think I I think they one hit killed me, killed me. So I think uh, this actually brings up a good point. Uh, DM, does Deltas have his full movement speed being eighty six? I don't I don't imagine it's super high, but I, I I've never seen like a. I feel like it should speed. at least be like a constant point of exhaustion, Listen. right? <laughs> Listen, Ooh, that's fine. I roll every I movement. Do... Beltus does yoga every morning. He does his stretches. <laughs> he takes his ginkgo pills. He is so fine. Yeah, he's, he's fine. just like felt ripped. Yeah. Like it's just like there's no actual fat. It's just pure skin on muscle, but it's still a little yeah. shredded. Much like much like the shambling corpse of our American president, I take a B12 shot in the butt every single day as Theltus to make sure that I am aware enough to cast all the spells I need to. So if if Joe Biden can 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 run this nation. Beltus can cast fireball. There are a lot of videos on the internet that prove that Joe Biden can't necessarily run. He can run 
large organizations, but if you if you you can look up him trying to run and it's not a high success rate. So I think it should be like a dex check every time two feet are off the ground at one time. Hey, you know what? I I'm I'm open to I'm open to suggestions and the the DM is uh is the all-powerful god of this campaign. So you're just, if I need to do that, I'm happy to. I'll you're also take like, yourself to walk. <laughs> just, Honestly, you know what I could do? You know what I could do? I think I have a 30 foot movement speed. I could just take a disadvantage of like five foot movement speed and just have the same walking speed as uh, Dan and, and Bobby Yo. had the last campaign. Oh, that's true. Yo. That's true. This is very true. It's, fair. it's a it's little fair. racist against dwarfs, but it's fair. <laughs> yeah, the popping sounds of that whenever Theltus wakes up in the morning and starts doing yoga, it sounds like someone's making popcorn up in there. It's rough. Right. Well, wakes relic up every morning. He just snaps awake and <laughs> hears like firecrackers going off. Okay. Well, and that's a good thing for us too. Uh, relic, uh, much like Glyn, but slightly different, um, has a shorter time frame for a long rest. But I'm completely conscious the entirety of it. Oh my god! Oh, I can so you see here everything. Entry. I go to a state of like being inactive and like not moving. It's more like meditative, but like I, it specifically states I can see and hear everything around me. Do you have to so go like? Don't. Is it like solar powered? Like you have to have access to the sun, or like <laughs> you have to like have like a plug? He's a calculator, actually. He's a Tesla. <laughs> we have to, to build a battery unit that we bring with us everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's that's the real fog of war. You only can go as far as uh, relics charge. Oh, oh my, my god. god. In- <laughs> but I do have to rest. So like I do have to take the six hours, and it says actually specifically six hours in an inactive motionless state rather than sleeping. In this state, you appear inert, but it doesn't render you unconscious, and you can see and hear as normal. That's terrifying. Interesting. It's All so right. scary. Oh, but, man. But you can only it. see and hear in one direction. Well, I mean, you can only see in one direction, but you have to be, can't be moving. I, I can't mm. wait until... It wouldn't be terrible if I jacked up my wisdom, too, as a monk, so I had a very high perception. Mm. And I think that uh, Junior just needs to take whatever artificing infusion will give us roller skates. And then we can all just be mobile. Like, Eltis will be quicker. Oh. We can use sentry mode, so we can keep moving with uh, our boy. And we just all, like, make one long rollerblading crew that goes through this jungle. Yeah. You're thinking way too small. You're thinking way too small. I just thought of a terrible idea that I'm afraid to say because I think it's actually good, which is we have we have we have the robot and we have an artificer. We are so close to a transformer that it can turn into a car that we can we can move around in. That Mm. I mean, it's true. Yeah, there's nothing that says. Uh, Sajikor did ask if I could turn into a rascal scooter for Theltos. Mm. (laughs) That's cool. Great minds. There's no rule that says uh, a Warforge can't turn into, say, like a Centaur Warhorse or uh, Warforge, you know, just like attach, build modular pieces. We can just get all like the carrying capacity we need out of our like Centaur. You just put a different butt on Relic. Yeah, and that's all it butt, is. It's just, it's just most of a horse. Yeah. It, like technically, as long the as the rest... head's maintained, right, then that's how it works. Part of a horse. You can just turn you into like the ultimate Zord. Like you can just be whatever you want to be. Uh, Junior just needs to find that book that Glenn had that he found in yes. the depths that yes. teaches him how to connect the 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 mechanical side to the the human like the the, the biological mm-hmm. side. Yeah. yeah. How far did you say uh, Sakal was by boat from this place? 
I did do like a quick side trip and we just uh, hop uh, in a boat and skedaddle back there. <laughs> just I, I didn't, but I will say that. Um, is it visible from you, the from any of the shores? No, it's not. Okay. So um, I will say your characters at this point will know that it is a four days journey at sea. Okay. Yeah, I, I picture it like Australia, basically. <laughs> I know. Mm -hmm. But uh, no one really knows where Australia is. But it's also it's not an island. You have it's it's like one of those islands that if you don't know how to get there, you'll never find. You haven't been there, you can't find it. So, hmm. you need Jack Sparrow's cool compass. You sure do. That you do. So, doesn't it like end up pointing to like love or something stupid at the end? Like the because didn't like always point. I, I might be confusing it, with something. It, it points like to whatever to he wants that most. He after points yeah, to yeah, did it point to like Kira Knightley or something stupid at one yeah. point? Oh yep. God! All right, this season I'll be going after Pirates of the Caribbean. Star Wars was season one. Season two, I'm coming after you, Johnny Depp. Uh, um, get in line. <laughs> get in line. He won the last one. We'll see. We'll see what nightmares come out of my storytelling. And oh, I can't we'll wait just to, just to reach into the deep, dark parts of your brain and pull yeah. out something terrible. <laughs> I, I, I will say, like one of the things I probably kind of forgot when it comes to it, like. And for anybody still listening, whatever, like, I think for me, like, as a DM, like, what I would say is, is that amidst all of the shenanigans, all the grog, all the poop jokes, all the dick jokes, <laughs> um, I do really want to tell a good story. Like, I wanted, I really want to tell a story that leaves you as the players and you y'all as our viewers something that leaves you feeling inspired um something that maybe challenge just really good storytelling right and something that you can look past the the dragonborn you can look past the whatever the big bad and and it can actually equate to something else that inspires you as a person um and you're lucky, Bobby, because Relic uh, doesn't poop or have a dick, so... Perfect. So, looking looking forward to that. So, Junior can help with that. Does he have a coagula? A coagula? That didn't come out right. Uh, I don't want to address whether or not uh, Feltis would have a cloaca, because I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> Actually, you know, we should talk on that for a moment. Let's, let's ask, ask let's, him. Really like, deep is. dive. There it is. These yeah. are the questions that didn't come up during the character reveal. Darn it. Um, Does Thelthus have just... a cloaca? I must know. <laughs> also, here's a question. Does So dragonborns in D&D uh, in, in &D historically don't have tails. Um, I don't think Thelthus would have a tail. Okay. But does he have a cloaca? Um, we didn't ask about the tail. No. Didn't yeah. ask. Tail was non-consequential. Not a single I, person was curious. That we hey, only want to know Cloaca. We start from the outside in. We're a deep community. Whatever whatever Theltis has going on beneath his robes is between him and Bahamut, and that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> between him and Bahamut. Well, that's a good, that is a good question. Branch asked, uh, do the characters uh, have fears? Ooh. Okay. 
Um, I'll go first. Uh, Feltis, there's there are definitely some fears that came that have, are are. Uh, I think Feltis lived a pretty uh, kind of life went the way he expected it to, and uh, then when he almost died, I think that that instilled some new fears into Feltis that are part of the reason that he has been kind of on a sabbatical uh, and has been traveling um, in the in the interview in the, in the last few years um, after having left like being a professor uh, in in Amber Falls. Um, but yeah, I don't want to say more than that, but definitely uh, Feltis has some fears uh, that were instilled by that near-death incident. I have a question. Is this sabbatical uh, actually a sabbatical? It's not a sagudical. Or is but... this a uh, like Viagra-fueled uh, like midlife crisis? Is he just, you know, near-death experience, yep. or, like mortality's He's... right there. He's he's Just tearing around. He's tearing around Sakal fully erect in his red uh, red Corvette. That's exactly what he's doing. Just saying, a lot of things um, aren't lining up. Uh, I I think that Feltis is long past his midlife crisis. Uh, but I think that he's having an end of life crisis currently. He's having Got an it. end of life crisis. Got it. Uh, uh, Junior's fear. Sorry, I'm gonna cut in. Junior's fears. fear is right kind of simple. Uh, not really. Uh, too deep because again he's relatively young he just does not want to end up back at home he has not had an experience that is like beyond being from his hometown so he does not want to end up in his hometown and that is his only goal um well that really works out because he's about to he's about to land somewhere that most people thought didn't exist so He's in the right place. It's definitely different than home. Yeah, that's true. What about your fears? Uh, Relic? Relic's fear is certainly... So he doesn't necessarily sleep or dream, but being in that no monastery, dreaming. he meditates for... He meditates a lot. Uh, and he has had visions of... He's had visions of, like, war and bloodshed, and he fears becoming the... Basically a mindless weapon of war that he thinks that he was previously is he's running from it or he just has like flashbacks of it like is he running from he it has or towards it flashbacks and he's more running away from it and that's part of his journey to like find himself in the world because he'd only learned so much at the monastery where he was that's cool alright <laughs> so we're gonna have a Highly trained martial artist watching over Beltus and Junior, who doesn't sleep and, or he also doesn't sleep and has basically night terrors. Is that what you're saying? Kinda. Six, 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 six. Super cool. No, it's gonna be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be totally okay. Nothing to worry about. Just wake up to someone saying, "I'm gonna use my bonus action to key strike. I'm gonna <laughs> stunning strike the sleeping guy." Uh, has anybody else already built their character out to level 20? <laughs> yes. Or is that just me? Uh, I've Did you guys really do that? I have not done that. I I mean, I took the big bad to 20, but that's just where he starts, so... <laughs> oh, no! <laughs> oh. Oh, that's so daunting. But we I don't mean... start at that level. Can we start at that level? Is that what you're saying? Nope. Do we all just level up? Nope. Um, we, did we say we get we're, any we're... experience from this RP? 
Um, we didn't say actually. I actually don't know if we said it. Uh, do you want to reveal what level we start at for this campaign? Uh, sure. I think that that's fair. That's a fair reveal. Yeah, go for it. Uh, well, I'll say get away. Uh, go for we, it. All, all three of our characters are starting at level six. Damn. This campaign. In, in <laughs> almost in, in almost heroes one, we started at three. I I decided to bump it up. In my in my mind, when it can, when you consider Almost Heroes one, I know I don't think that our levels were anywhere close to this, but I kind of imagine our story picking up where, kind of like after Cosmo got taken, and it like put the party on a track that. Uh, you need to be a stronger level to be able to do anything you, about. You, yeah, you really kind of have to be able to hang a little bit. So yeah. um, we need our squishy points. So, exactly right. Like I, I'm some of the fun, like one to five level stuff is is a really good time. But I really want to be able to have uh, some good fun. Really be able to challenge our characters. Really challenge our players a little bit and jump into some some really good storytelling and i i needed a little bit more xp points for for that so so yeah so level six is is gonna be great so i i also love knowing that i if go back in time and i could just absolutely whoop on uh original cosmo uh rangrim and glenn mm-hmm. <laughs> so, they're level three selves they're taking right? the dunk town uh it was painful I think that that is it as far as content goes regarding the characters, Aramil, the island. So with that, be sure to tune in next week, uh, Tuesday. Join us for episode one titled, wait, this campaign starts where? Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday, and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.